Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Five seconds of downtime, probably. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Bacon Games podcast. Um, we're here with some three special guests. I don't know if I've ever had three people on this podcast before besides me, so this is definitely a special occasion. Um, I'm joined by the Lateral Crew. What's up, Lateral Crew? Everyone say hi real quick. Hello. Hey. <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, let's go. Malcolm, you can start. Why don't you introduce the people to, uh, to yourself, although they probably should know you, and then we'll go around. Yeah, so I'm Malcolm. I'm one of the co-founders of The Lateral. So I'm at McLateral FF on Twitter, commonly referred to as McLateral. Uh, you can catch my weekly show, The Lateral Weekly Variety Hour-ish, uh, on Thursdays. And uh, that's about all I got, I think. Cool. Herms, why don't you throw it again? Hi, uh, my name is Herms. You can find me on Twitter, at HermsNFL. Uh, I do a bunch of stuff, including show with no name. Uh, with you, Jesse, uh, actually over at the lateral. We do that on Sundays. Sometimes we also do it on other days of the week, depending on a lot of different stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I do that. Uh, I write sometimes. I also have a YouTube show with 14 personnel called in Herm's terms that drops every Tuesday. And I'm also part of the rum boys fantasy network. I do a bunch of goofy stuff largely for a comedic effect. And that's kind of just what it is. I don't know. I'm a bit of a goofball, but that's uh, the brand is strong. So I'm going to keep going with that. True. We, lo- we love the goofball Herms. Big fan. Um, but last but not least, I think we have his first ever appearance on a podcast. Zach, right? What's up, man? Yeah, this is my first time on a podcast. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm a contributor for The Lateral. I like to write about things I find interesting and then sometimes record videos where I talk a lot and ramble and go on top- off topic. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ZachyNFL, and then hopefully you enjoy some of the random things that I talk about all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, so uh, I guess I neglected to mention this at the beginning, but we are doing a mock draft, a full first-round mock draft, where we've each got different uh, teams, and I am super excited to get it going. Um, I am up first with the Jaguars, and I think this one's a no-brainer. Uh, we're going to take Trevor Lawrence, and um, I don't know if anyone wants to comment on that, but... Uh, I think, think we're just locking that one in, yeah? I think it's a terrible pick. Good luck. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> awful. You know, um, I'd rather have Burrow than, uh, than Lawrence, not going to lie, but um, I think, think we're pretty good here. I think, I think well, so. We, we know you don't want Justin Herbert. <laughs> that is definitely... That has I, been well established. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, we are on the Big Games podcast, a Justin Herbert free zone, and... Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if anyone um, has any takes on this. I think we all think Lawrence is the number one QB in this draft and the Jaguars need a quarterback. Um, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. the biggest no brainer in years. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we might have a doozy of a next pick. We've got the Jets up and Zach, that's you. Who do you got for them, man? Yeah, so obviously uh, the past few months it has been trending more and more towards the Jag or the Jets selecting uh, Zach Wilson from BYU. Um, but personally, I'm more of a fan of Justin Fields. I think he's closer to being QB one B, like number right behind Lawrence overall. Um, 
than he is to being like the third or fourth quarterback going off the board, sometimes even the fifth. Um, I think he just brings a dual threat aspect. He's a really polished runner. Um, he's ridiculously fast and he's still a really good passer. Um, there's that narrative about him not being able to read um, or relying too much on his first read. And then it turns out there's been like a plethora of articles posted, but it's just completely false. Like it makes no sense. Um, he's a ridiculously well-rounded prospect and um, Drew Ozenchuk, I think, puts it really nicely. He looks for something called consistent excellence. And I think that's exactly what Justin Fields brings to the table. Yeah, I, I get that. I think uh, I think I go Wilson here, but um, that's totally fair. I think these guys are kind of similar prospects. Um, Herms, what do you think? I mean, dude, Justin Fields, I, I think he is absolutely incredible. I think, in my opinion, he is the clear number two quarterback in this class. And some of the reasons he gets, you know, knocked down a peg or two or for some societal reasons that we don't have to talk about on the show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be an excellent pick for the Jets to do, you know, and to go out and make this move for Justin Fields. But, you know, as has been said already, uh, Zach Wilson's probably going to be the pick. But, you know. The smart thing to do, I think, would be take Justin Fields. So I have absolutely zero objections to this whatsoever. Gotcha. Um, Malcolm, you're up next. If you want to comment about the Fields pick, uh, let me know, too. Yeah, so I was going to take Justin Fields here because I thought we were doing what we think the picks will be, not what we would pick. Mm -hmm. So I assumed Zach Wilson was going to be off the board here and Fields would be on the board. And I both prefer Justin Fields over pretty much everyone but Lawrence and actually think that San Francisco will take fields. So now that I have to retool my pick, I'm going to go with Trey Lance because of the upside here. Uh, San Francisco definitely traded up to take a QB. The QB I thought they were going to take is currently off our board. Um, so again, I per I personally expect them to take fields once the draft actually comes around. And I think you just got to lean a little with the upside here with Lance, given that I fully believe Jimmy Garoppolo will play the entire season with the Niners. So I don't need Mac Jones, who I think Mac Jones is more pro ready right out the gate than Lance. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't need that. So I'm not going to take that. Mm -hmm. OK, I got you. I definitely think that um, Lance is definitely a developmental guy. And if Jimmy's on the roster the whole time, I think that makes a lot of sense to me uh, personally. Um, Herms, does that, does that jive with you or are you looking Zach Wilson here or what do you think? Honestly, I, I think that Trey Lance would be a very intriguing fit in San Francisco. I think that it would be really cool to see what Kyle Shanahan could do with that type of human joystick, you know, cause I mean, you know, and the PFF comp of, you know, like Taysom Hill with an arm, like <laughs> that, that it, it, it could be fairly apt. And, you know, like, uh, we were on a podcast not all that long ago talking about him and the fact that, I mean, like. What he can do with his legs is a very powerful runner. I mean, like, as a quarterback, that's an incredibly valuable skill. And, like, I, I don't know. I think it would be very, very cool to see him in San Francisco because you could get creative with a guy like that because they have a lot of guys with wheels that run with power, with authority. Because, you know, pairing him with, you know, receivers like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and also the, yeah, George Kittle. Can't forget him. About that, man, you know, just because he was hurt doesn't mean we forgot who he is. Man, dude, that would be a super fun offense. I would really, really, really like to see that. Yeah, okay. Zach, any opinion on that? Yeah, um, I also really love the upside of Lance. Um, I think he would be a great fit in San Francisco, but it's also hard to say what quarterback wouldn't be a really good fit there. Um, 
I do think that you shouldn't rule him out as being the pick at number three overall. I think he's been getting a little bit more buzz lately as we're nearing the draft. Um, it's just tough because that high up in the draft to give up that many assets for San Francisco to trade for a guy with like 17 starts in his career and with such a low volume of passing attempts, despite his like ridiculous touchdown interception rate. Um, it just seems like you don't have a lot of film to go on. And this is where you really have to trust your scouting process. And maybe 49ers have it exactly right with Trey Lance here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Um, Herms, you're, uh, if anyone else wants to say anything, they're more than welcome to. But Herms, you're up next. And I'm also looking to possibly trade into the spot if you're willing to trade out, um, my dude. Yeah, uh, so as the Atlanta Falcons, I officially select trying to trade this pick. So that it, you know, because, I mean, of course they have a bunch of needs. The team is in a very interesting position, but, you know, some say, you know, the way that this is playing out, could I select Zach Wilson? Sure, I guess I could. But if I'm them, I'm looking to acquire as much capital as possible. Moving down would definitely be something beneficial for them. So I'd be looking at a team, hypothetically, like, you know, like a Denver, you know, the Denver Broncos, that's that's a team Den- that could move. Denver's currently on call waiting for you, just an FYI. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I have the I own the Denver Broncos pick. So, Herms, if you'd like to do a trade real quick here, I think uh, that would be good. I don't really don't think we need to discuss too much about what it is, like a hard trade, but what do you think is fair value, Herms? All right, so, all right, Denver, uh, Mr. <laughs> Elway, can I call you John? Um, no. uh. <laughs> okay, so Mr. Elway, I think it would be interesting to see if I could acquire this first round pick, maybe one next year. We could talk about, you know, the 2023 draft a little bit, but, you know, I'm looking to get a pretty decent package in return, like nothing too extreme, but uh, what, do you, what do you think about, you know, a couple first rounders, maybe call it like, you know, a future second and fourth or something like that as well i, I don't know I'm, I'm spitballing you know what i mean i'm <laughs> I I'm, I'm, the, I'm the falcons front office what do i know <laughs> yeah I, I don't know how everyone else feels um but i feel like would do you think do you guys think just generally um do you think two do you think they'd have to give two first rounds to get there to trade up i feel like that's kind of what it's going to be does that if, if the draft works out this way does that sound good to you know either malcolm or, or zach or yeah i mean i i'm Atlanta, I'm requiring two firsts. I'm not doing anything less than that. And I'm probably going to need like at least a second or a third. Mm. Okay. A second or a third this year or next year? Um, Maybe a third this year, a second next year, one or the other. Like I, I have Kyle Pitts on the board right now. So mm-hmm. unless I can get some good draft capital, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts if I'm Atlanta. But that's just me. Okay. Yeah, Zach, do you think uh, the first round this year, first round next year, and a third round in 2022, does that sound like you think a trade that could happen? I think that also sounds fair when you consider the fact that the team trading up to four is, like, desperate for a quarterback. Like, they're, if it's Denver, they're really looking to move on from Drew Locke, hopefully. Uh, we saw how much he struggled. And Zach Wilson, like, anticipated as number two overall, where he probably will go. Um I think you can ask for a lot more value than like the regular number four overall in such a quarterback heavy class. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's completely fair in there. Gotcha. So Herms, I think we're doing the two first and a third next year. Does that sound think appropriate? Yeah, I, th- 
think I think I can roll with that. Let's get that on the board. Let's do it. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so I think also for this draft, you know, it's definitely a little bit of our own personal bias, and I think what is going to happen. And I think if this draft were to land this way, I personally think Atlanta definitely trades out, and I think someone like Denver would come up and take it. So I'm Denver. I'm taking Zach Wilson. I am slamming it because that team is pretty close to, I think, being a very, very good team, and they're a quarterback away, I think. So, And Drew Locke's not the answer, personally. So I think I'm just doing it, yeah? Yeah. It makes cool. complete sense. Cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to – so I'm actually up again next. I've got the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think this is also another slam dunk, and I'm just going to grab Penny Sowell. Uh, I, I feel – Malcolm, you said that uh, Pitts was your next guy. Would you – if you were um, – the Bengals, or do you think the Bengals would take Pitts over Sewell? Uh, I don't think that the Bengals would take Pitts over Sewell. I would take Sewell. They're going to take Sewell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like it would be kind of tough. I know there's you know wide receiver out there, you know a guy like Jamar Chase or possibly even Devonta Smith, but I really feel like you got to go tackle here, and a guy like Sewell is, or Sewell is, is too good to pass up. Um, yeah, there's a, to you. yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Malcolm. There's a question of competency that I think is fair to bring in here. Like, are we thinking like a competent franchise or are we thinking like the Bengals <laughs> who it's like, they're not completely incompetent, but they have that front. But you just look at that star on Joe every day and you all make sense. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. So the next one up is the Dolphins with uh, Zach. I think you're on the board, yeah? That would be me. Um, this is really tough here. Um, I think I'm really split between, obviously, Kyle Pitts and then Jamar Chase, who's, I think, the consensus number one wide receiver in pretty much everybody's rankings. Um, I think... I think Pitts might be a better prospect and it's really tough to pass up on the guy who could be generational and come across as like nobody else, like at the tight end position, but just given the relative success rates of wide receivers and tight ends that have gone in the first round, I feel like the dolphins would lean towards Jamar chase in this situation. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Um, I don't think yeah, they go, ahead. go, go ahead. wrong either way. Honestly, what, what, whatever they do between those two guys, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was split. I was like, I did not expect either of them, or I didn't expect both of them to be on the board. I figured one would go at five, or what? one would go at five, and I didn't know who it would be. And then it's like, okay, Chase was probably going to be the pick. I didn't expect to have to choose between him and Pitts. Um, but I think, interestingly, that makes Pitts fall even further, because Chase just seems like a safer pick, even though he had opted out of the last season. Uh, due to COVID. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Chase is the pick then for you, uh, for Miami, yeah? Yeah, Chase is the pick. All right, we're locking it in. Malcolm, how do you feel about that? I mean, I'd have taken Kyle Pitts. I think they would have taken Kyle Pitts if those two were both on the board. Um, Pitts is a generational talent. He's, like, already projected as a borderline Hall of Famer. Um, Jamar Chase is really good. He might even be generational. But, like, we saw a guy like Justin Jefferson last year who fell pretty far to the Vikings, like, come out and be one of the best receivers in the league. Wide receivers, it's not like they grow on trees, 
but they're not the hardest thing to find at the top level. Like, yeah, Jerry Rice, incredibly hard to find, but, like, there's a bunch of guys below him where it's, like, one comes out almost every year. There's obviously some down years, like, yeah, the moments where we thought, like, Kelvin Benjamin and Sammy Watkins were the best wide receivers out there, and that didn't go so well. But, like, this is a loaded wide receiver class. Tight end, it's, like, Pitts is one of the best we've seen in ages, so I'd have taken Pitts. But Detroit's got TJ Hawkinson. They won't be taking Pitts, and they're going to take Devonta Smith here. Nice. I'm a big fan of that. I like that a lot. I think they can go Waddle possibly too, but maybe uh, Smith fits better. Do you you think that's accurate? Um, So I think they're a lock to take a wide receiver, so it will be Smith or Waddle. I personally just have Smith, I think, a little higher – in the just overall NFL big board. Personally, I have Waddle higher, but I'm trying to think what they would do, and I think they will ultimately take Smith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, shoot, Zach, do you think this is a good pick? Do you think they definitely go wide receiver? Uh, at uh, For Detroit at seven, yeah, I think they definitely go wide receiver, and the only spot where they would possibly not go wide receiver is if one of those four quarterbacks is higher on their board and somehow falls to there. Like, if Justin Ooh. Fields falls to seven or later, I could see Detroit pulling the trigger there, saying, or even Trey Lance and saying, we're going to move on from Jared Goff next year, and then you're going to take over then. Or we'll weave you in during the season and let them sort of progress through that first year. Gotcha. Um, Herm, do you have any final thoughts? You're also on the clock. Well, you know, the Blue Oyster Cult doesn't fear the Reaper, but they never met the Slim Reaper. I will tell you what. Ow! Dude, Devontae Smith, I mean, like, honestly, and like, oh, God, the Lions need wide receiver help probably more than any team in the NFL. It certainly stands to reason they would go with Devontae Smith here. I think it's a good pick. I don't really have anything else to say. I mean, he won the Heisman, for God's sakes. I mean, he's, he's doing it. Well, and I don't care if he's my size. Like, he's a professional athlete, and, like, we saw him go up against top corners last year, and he still did a very, 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 very good job. So, like, yeah, I don't, I really don't want to hear anything else about, you know, some of the size stuff that everybody criticizes, and, like, you know, like, whatever, man, he plays big, he's really good, and, like, it just makes all the sense in the world, and, you know, but, hey, now I find myself on the clock as the Carolina Panthers. Uh, part of me is, I don't know. There are a couple different ways that I could go with this, but honestly, this is where you just go best player available. And well, I, hold on. Are you thinking of taking a quarterback? Because I think New England's interested in talking to you. You see, I was I like I kind of figured that there was going to be a phone call that was going to happen here, but that was before Kyle Pitts fell. Okay. And honestly, at this point. I I can't pass it up. I mean, but I think that's fine. As soon as you said Kyle Pitts, New England was hanging up the phone anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So I mean, I, oh, well, naturally. Uh, yeah, let's get a third tight end in New England. No, but seriously, honestly, with the with the eighth pick, if Kyle Pitts is still available, I think it's an absolute slam dunk. You have to go for it. 
I think, I mean, oh, God, imagine that passing attack, you know. And also, like, I, I'm a bit of a believer in Sam Darnold. I think that that'll work out just fine. They have him locked in at least for the next two seasons. Why not continue to build the weapons around him with somebody, you know, like we said before, a generational talent. We haven't seen a tight end with this type of athleticism come into the league probably since Vernon Davis way back in the day. So I'm here for it. I'm really here for it. I think that it would be... It would be tremendous, and that oh my gosh, just imagine that offense, especially getting Christian McCaffrey back. Woo! Look out! Yeah, I think I think this is actually a really good spot for Pitts. I don't see him going top five in um, like the actual draft. I don't think it'll happen, but it, it definitely could. I, Pitts is just such a good fit here after this appointment that was Ian Thomas. Um, so yeah, I I, I, I enjoyed here. Um, I think Malcolm feels pretty similarly. I would assume that this is a good spot. No, it's a great it's a great landing spot if you're Carolina. I'm not <clears throat> sure how it'll work for Pitts. I'm not convinced. But so okay, so here's the complicated thing. I don't know that Carolina's offense cares about having a tight end, but I think they'll use Pitts in the tight end spot like a wide receiver, so maybe it won't matter. I think that might ultimately be the way to think about it. And again, personally, I actually think in the real NFL draft, Kyle Pitts is going to go number four to Atlanta. So I disagree with you a little about his top five mm-hmm. potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've seen that a good amount. I, I feel like it makes sense. Uh, or it may not make sense to me personally, but I, I, I've seen it go. So you definitely could be right about that for sure. Um, Zach, how do you feel about Kyle Pitts here? Um, I think it makes complete sense. The only thing that I'm really sad about right now is just how incredible it would have been for Atlanta to trade back five spots and still get Kyle Pitts, who they were mocked to at four. Just like a free first rounder, they're just printing money. It would have been absolutely incredible. Um, No, but I think at this point, um, while I do understand Malcolm's concern about like Carolina not caring about their tight end, I think I've seen a little bit about that. Um, And they underuse them. I also think you could make the argument that Kyle Pitts is the player – um, who's got the quality that makes you change your offensive system to incorporate them a little bit more. Um, and he most likely will end up going for overall in the um, NFL draft. So I think he's just too good to pass up on here for Carolina. Mm, makes sense. Uh, Herms, you're back on the clock with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. You see, and this is what makes it really interesting is, you know, continuing to move back, continuing to move back. There's a lot. That could be done. Ah, oh, jeez. Well, hey, you know what? I'm picking up the phone if anybody uh, wants to give me a call because I'm okay with uh, moving back again. Hmm. Malcolm, do you have interest in this? Um, yeah, I think, um, I think New England's on the phone. All right. What's up, New England? How how, how you doing? It's 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 Atlanta here. Uh, I I know you guys are uh, potentially interested in moving up to this spot. Uh, what do you think about uh, swapping some uh, some future picks here? What 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 would you be willing to give up for this? So I've got I got a first round this year that we could obviously swap. I can send you. A third and a fourth from this year as well. How's that sounding? And it can it can be the Texans. Uh, Texans that then went to the Cardinals and is now at the Patriots, I believe. I'm like I'm looking. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look at the draft capital they got here, and it looks like they've got three fourth rounders this year. 
Yeah, um, I mean, I'd, so yeah, I'm, I, could, I could do a first, a third, and a fourth. All from this year, though. You know what? For you, I'll do it. Okay, <laughs> so New England's going to take this pick. Got it. And New England's going to pick its quarterback of the future, Mac Jones. There it goes. Yeah, okay, so Mac Jones, do you, do you like the prospect? It's, it's, uh, I know you're, you're a Bama fan, right? So this is good news, yeah? So he is, he, is, right, he is the QB3 on my board. I just, as San Francisco, I want someone with a little more upside. I mean, his ceiling to me is Matt Ryan, which is a pretty solid ceiling. Like, you know, Tom Brady's got, like, some clutch gene that I don't think Mac Jones will ever touch, so, like, you know, it'll be tough to live up to that hype, but like you look at some guys that take a team to a Super Bowl and you don't have to be Tom Brady to do that. I've seen Mac Jones hit Devonta Smith on a dime multiple times. I think he'll fer- he'll fit perfectly with whatever Shanahan wants to do. I just he's such a safe prospect to me. And I think New England can do a lot with that. So if he's on the board here. I can make sure nobody else tries to trade up and get him. I'm not giving up a ton. Like to me, it's an easy enough deal to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I think it makes sense. I think really New England needs a quarterback so bad. So if they're willing to do this, they want to get their guy. I think it's absolutely fine. Um, yeah, I, I really believe that. I think it's also a deep wide receiver class too. And I think personally, they need some wide receiver help. I know they signed two guys in the offseason, but I think most of us agree they're not exactly studs. Um, so yeah. Zach, do you, do you like this trade? Do you like this draft pick? What do you think? Yeah, I'm a big fan of this. I think New, or- or New England would be a great landing spot for someone like Mac Jones. Um, <clears throat> I think they just spent a lot in free agency on their tight ends, um, getting Hunter Henry and uh, Johnny Smith. And then they have Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne at wide receiver, who's like not a star-studded lineup, but it is giving him safe options to sort of build in and weave into the system and sort of integrate himself. Um, I completely agree that New England is desperate for a quarterback and you can't really risk him falling because after Mac Jones, there's just like the biggest teardrop in the world here. And I don't think New England can afford to wait another year. So mm-hmm. this trade up makes perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Herms, I assume you like this deal too. Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I have like a late first round grade on Mac Jones personally, but at the same time, like quarterback needs are quarterback needs are quarterback needs. It is what it is. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's absolutely ridiculous by any means. I think that Mac Jones is a, he, he could be a perfectly serviceable, uh, you know, he reminds me a little bit more of like a Kirk Cousins, but there's certainly nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, New England needs to figure out something sooner rather than later. And if anybody is, a, you know, fits like a glove in terms of a fit, I think it would be Mac Jones. So, you know, I don't think there's, it, it's perfect, honestly. It's uh, it's a perfect fit. You got it. All right, Zach, you're up now with the 10th pick, the Dallas Cowboys. Will we see a defensive player go off the board finally? Easiest we pick will. in the world. <laughs> oh God, that's terrifying. Because um, I'm pretty I'm pretty split between two people here. Um, I think Slater would be amazing for the Cowboys to just continue having a ridiculously talented and complete offensive line. But I also think they need some help at cornerback, and there's a couple of options here, like Sertain or J.C. Horn. 
Um, so, Herms, why do you why do you think this is the easiest choice in the world? Do you think it's Rashawn Slater? I think it's uh, Patrick Sertain the second. I think it's Patrick Sertain. You could bet your house on it being Patrick Sertain. Yeah, it's just tough to see Slater continue or yeah, Slater continue to fall, but Sertain makes uh, a lot of sense here for the Cowboys. So with all the help they need at cornerback and defensively in general, I agree with that pick, and I also think it's the most realistic here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think this is pretty pretty good. Uh, I, I think this is where pretty much all mocks are going. I think it's tough. Him and him and JC Horner are, are I think kind of like 1A and 1B for me for cornerbacks this year. So I'm not really sure which one's better, but it just feels like Sertain is going to be the guy there for sure. Um, Malcolm, uh, if you want to say anything else, but you're on the clock with the uh, Giants. So again, as I said, I think you can bet the house on Dallas. If Sertain is still on the board again, Sertain goes before that, all bets are off. They love him from everything I've read, everything I've seen. Like every mock I'm looking at has him going there. I, I think... It'd be a shock if he's not there. Uh, the guy who's kind of fallen a bit, and I think I'm going to take him here, and I'm going a little bit against consensus on this, is Micah Parsons. I think he was one of the top defensive prospects. He's got some off-field issues, but Gettleman might not care. And I don't think the Giants, despite wanting wide receiver pretty Badly, I think. Um, with Devonta Smith off the board, I don't think they're as in love with Jalen Waddle. I think, I think they'll go Parsons here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been mocking a lot of Slater here. Uh, I, I feel like this is a spot where he goes, um, and yeah. I like him here too a lot. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that is a tough one. Slater is the best on the board, I think, for me at this point. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. I, so I had him going eighth to Carolina. I, I think it's another good spot, yeah. Yeah, because I didn't have Pitts falling that far. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You know, I, think, I think you do have to take Slater here. I think you're right. Okay, so, okay yeah. they're going to take Slater. He's just best on the board. It's kind of a fall to your situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, we can we can switch that up for sure. Um, I can't do it on the PFF thing, but we'll just make a note of it. So pa- Parsons still on the board. Slater's going to the Giants. Um, sorry. So uh, Zach, do you do you like uh, Slater there? Yeah, I think he was bound to go sometime soon. Um, again, I think he's more likely to find himself in the top ten somehow um, than not. But if he's not there, I think he's definitely going at eleven, or the Chargers are trading up for him. Uh, to continue to try to improve that offensive line, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to ask Malcolm, do you think if Devonta Smith was still on the board there, they would take Devonta Smith over uh, Slater? Yes. Yes, I think if Devonta Smith was still on the board there, that would be their pick, full stop. The only potential question mark would be, like, you know, if someone like Penny Sewell or Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts somehow fell there. I agree. That makes complete sense. Yeah. Like if, like if a, if a top position player magically fell to them, then like, you know, obviously all bets are off at that point. But if Devonta Smith fell there, I think they would take Devonta Smith over either Parsons or Slater. Mm. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Um, Herms, you're on the clock and also give me your, uh, give me how you feel about Slater going here. 
Ah, oh, man. I mean, I don't hold the pick for the Chargers, but if I did, I would be flipping tables and being incredibly furious and just hurling expletives everywhere because that would have been absolutely amazing for the Chargers to be able to end up with Slater. But, hey, man, you know, that dude, I mean, there's... I mean, I don't really know how I feel about it just because, I mean, like, my my opinion of offensive linemen is not exactly the opinion you need to, you know, hold true to. But there are people who have a debate between Slater and Sewell and, you know, which one they prefer. So, I mean, like, hey, you know, whatever, it's worth mentioning. Uh, both guys are incredibly talented, and I think it's a very, very good pick. Jeez, uh, wow, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow, okay. Well, so, as much as Micah Parsons would make sense... Every Eagles fan I've talked to is just like, they don't draft linebackers this high. They don't do it. They're not going to break from it now. So I'm going to take their word for it. And uh, I think Jalen Waddell probably makes a lot of sense. I think that's probably the thing to do. Uh, Plus, it'll be super interesting for uh, Jalen Hurts to have two other people named Jalen to throw to, even though uh, (laughs) Jalen Waddell spelled differently. He's He's got a Y in his name. But yeah, I don't know. They desperately need that help. And, you know, I think it would be interesting for the... I mean, I think uh, I was tempted by J.C. Horn, potentially. Uh, that would have been interesting as well. But, you know, Jalen Waddle, I mean, dude, I mean, as a contributor on special teams as well, that could be a really interesting thing to see at the next level. I mean, like, dude, he's just electric. I absolutely adore the player. I think that it's a good move. I don't know. That's just me. I got you. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think of this pick? It's where I had Jalen Waddle going. It's where a lot of people have Jalen Waddle going. It's where Jalen Waddle's going to go. I'm pretty sure about that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's accurate. Uh, Zach, does that, does that sound right? I also think Jalen Waddle is my number one wide receiver um, in this class. It's like 1A, 1B, 1C, but he is currently my number one. But Zach, do you think this uh, makes sense? Uh, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. If Waddle ends up falling here to 12, um, then I think he makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. The three Jalens would be great to watch together. It would be an electric offense together. Um, and I think the only way they really go away from this again is like if a ridiculous um, drop happens on draft day and they just see someone too good to pass up on. Uh, but mm-hmm. Waddle makes a lot of sense for them here as a team. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So I'm up now with the Chargers. Um, so I know y'all were saying, like, you know, trade up for Slater. I get that. I think he's a better um, tackle than Darishaw, but I am slamming Christian Darishaw here. Um, I think it's a no-brainer. I've seen uh, – this is also where I predict him to go. Um, he's just – you know, he's a little bit of a step down, sure, I think, uh, from the two uh, main tackles here, but I still like him a lot, and he'll do a great job protecting uh, Herbert or maybe the next quarterback that comes along soon, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a little inside joke or a little thing. But, um, yeah, uh, Malcolm, what do you think about this pick? Uh, very similar to Jalen Waddle in that I have him going here. A lot of mocks have him going here, and I think he's going to go here, especially <laughs> with Slater and Sewell off the board. Like they're going to take a offensive lineman. I think that's pretty much a lock, and there's enough talent for them to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that for sure. Uh, Herms, does this sound good to you? It certainly stands to reason. It's probably their biggest need. I mean, I think the only other alternative would maybe be Eliza Vera Tucker, but I think tackle is a more pressing need than guard. So, uh, yeah, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Zach, you're on the clock of the Vikings, and if you want to throw uh, some Christian Darrisaw stuff at us, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I also am going to echo the sentiment that I think this is where Christian Darrisaw or Darrisaw <laughs> will actually end up. Um, 
on draft day. I think he's like perfect for the Chargers continuing to develop that offensive line, protect Justin Herbert so they don't have a Joe Burrow-esque incident, um, and just surround him with weapons after that and hopefully start doing a lot of work in the playoffs. I think he can make an immediate impact there. Uh, for the Vikings, just like Herms mentioned, um, I think they also want to improve that offensive line. Um, I read a really interesting article recently, and it really went into a lot of um, detail about how offensive line is like the consistent safest pick in the first round. And when you're the Minnesota Vikings who could use a good amount of help in a lot of different spots, um, I think someone like Elijah Vera Tucker, who's also pretty versatile, is a perfect fit in that um, offensive line. Mm-hmm. Okay. Elijah Vera Tucker's the pick. You got it. Um, there's an insider. Yeah, there's no tackle. Yeah, Vera Tucker, I think it makes sense. Uh, I think I might have uh, considered edge, but I know this is kind of early for edge, but I think they really need an edge player. Um, and I, get, I don't know if that's more important than offensive line, to be fair. So I get the Vera Tucker pick, but yeah, I just, I just feel like edge is going here. Maybe they trade back or something like that. But yeah, um, Malcolm, what do you think? So I've seen offensive line or edge pretty much being what's mocked to Minnesota here. Originally, when I was first doing a mock earlier in this offseason, I actually had um, Christian Derrissaw going here because I had Rashawn Slater going to the Chargers because I actually had Carolina trading picks with New England, so Carolina wouldn't have been Mm. able to take Slater at eight, which was what my current mock has. So I've actually got Quiddy Pay going there. Um, who's an edge? Yeah, that was the other uh, person I had in mind here. I think Vera Tucker and Pay are probably the two most mocked people uh, to the Vikings right now. To me, that mostly comes down to best on the board, and I felt that Pay is a bit bitter. Uh, a little bit better use of the pick than Vera Tucker, but not by much. Vera Tucker, spoiler alert, is my next offensive lineman that is coming off per my mock right now. So mm. one of those two guys being the pick, it makes sense. Gotcha, gotcha. Herms, you're on the clock with the Falcons, and also tell me about the Vera Tucker pick. Uh, it was a good pick. I mean, that's what the Vikings really need to do more than anything else. I mean, I think it's just a pretty easy slam dunk. So, I mean, yeah, not, nothing really else to contribute there that hasn't already been said. It just makes all the sense in the world. Um, yeah, as far as the Falcons go, I mean, I think, you know, moving back a couple times, acquiring all the assets, I, I think that that's something that's really beneficial for them, you know, in terms of being able to rebuild this, you know, more specifically the defense and the offense, because I think what they have on offense is already very good. But, yeah, it's pretty clear that they're going to need to keep building that defense, and I think that that's probably what they're going to do here. And I am, uh, I don't know, call me Natalie Imbruglia, because I'm torn. Um, oh, no, Herms, oh, This no. is <laughs> very, yeah. Uh, I'm thinking either, I think J.C. Horn or Jeremiah Uwusakoromo would be interesting, but, you know, mm-hmm. I... I'm going to go just, with J.C. Just a reminder Horn. that Micah Parsons is still on the board. Just a reminder, too, because we switched this later pick, too. That's oh, dear God. Oh, dear God. You're you're right. Okay, screw it. Yeah, I'm taking Micah Parsons then. Shit. Ooh. All right. <laughs> slam it. Slam it in. Um, Malcolm, what do you think of this pick? Um, so, for me, it would have been between Parsons and Horn. I don't think you could have gone wrong either way. Um, I'd, have, I'd have probably gone Parsons. I think he's the better prospect overall 
So I think at that point you're going best on the board, but I wouldn't have blamed you if you had gone Horn. I, I think I'm J.C. Horn here. I'm not sure. Parsons is interesting. Um, I like him a lot, but, man, cornerback just feels more important to this team, and I really love Horn. So I think I would be there, but Parsons isn't a bad pick by any stretch. Um, yeah. Zach, how do you feel about that? Oh, sorry, go ahead, Terms. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's like I had completely blanked on the fact that, <laughs> yeah, because honestly, in a, in a world where Parsons is off the board, I mean, like, J.C. Horn is a slam dunk. But I'm going based off of what we have going on here and, you know, the like, best player available. I mean, boom, you got to go for it. Boom, Shaka. But, you know, if we are speaking more in terms of realism, uh, I it would not stun me if J.C. Horn uh, ends up becoming an Atlanta Falcon. It would make a tremendous amount of sense to, you know, pair with uh, last year's pick of, you know, A.J. Terrell, you know, continuing to build that secondary, which did improve upon Dan Quinn's firing. You know, they really started to fire on all cylinders towards the end of last year. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, th- they're getting a lot out of continuing to move back and move back and move back, which I think there's a very decent chance that they do, IRL, if they don't end up taking, you know, somebody like a Kyle Pitts or what have you. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Either way, either way, the Falcons are coming out on on, on top here. They're, they're winners in this mock mm-hmm. um yeah zach do you do you like this one yeah i mean at a certain point michael parsons you just have to take him um there's obviously your concerns involved with this character and everything um but i think he's just an incredibly talented player and it's just tough to pass up on those types of guys um normally jc horn would normally be the pick i think he would be great um i think he's a lock for the next pick for the cardinals probably uh, which is where I have him going in my mock. Um, but Parsons here would just be great for the Falcons if they're trying to ride out those last two years or two or three years with Matt Ryan um, and really try to contend for a championship. All right, Herms, you are up with Atlanta. Who you got? Or, sorry, not Atlanta. <laughs> Arizona. Full days. Uh, who you got here, man? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with J.C. Horn. I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. You don't want to put like Jeremiah Osukamura with um with uh, Simmons, so they have just the duo of safety linebacker, not that very good players. You, you don't uh, want to do that. It <laughs> would it would be really cool, but at the same time, like you know, Patrick Peterson, if I remember correctly, is no longer in town. They're going to have mm-hmm. to move on. They're going to have to figure that out at some point, and it fell right into their laps. I think that this is tremendous. Honestly, I'm more curious about what's going to happen with this next pick because I don't think even the Raiders know what they're going to do. <laughs> That is true. Um, Zach, how do you feel about J.C. Horner? I, I assume from what you just said, it's, it's all good. So we have the mock lining up. You think he's a good enough prospect? And it's yeah, just that. I mean, yeah, I think Horn is great. I um, I also I think he's like 1A and 1B with Patrick Sertain. Um, it was really tough for me. I was even thinking of taking Horn up at um, my earlier pick when I took Sertain. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think you guys were right that the Cowboys definitely are – Absolutely in love with Sertain. He's probably going to end up there, but my bias for Horn was showing through earlier, and I really like the pick. Mm, for sure. Uh, Malcolm, do we have a consensus here? This is a good pick? This is where I had J.C. Horn going. So, yeah. Nailed it. I think it's great. <laughs> True. All right. Uh, I'm up now, and I'm the Raiders, and I, I don't know. Like, safety is something I think I could consider here. I don't know if they're really like they signed what, Carl Joseph, I think, in the offseason. I don't know how much he'll play, um, but I think they just trade away like their offensive line. So I think they need to slam offensive line here. And I am going to grab Tevin Jenkins and uh, be very happy about it. 
Um, I think he's probably the next best tackle on the board. And, and, you know, you guys are fair. We never know what the Raiders are going to do. Maybe they'll take another cornerback. I don't know. But I think this is the right pick. I think this is something they will probably consider because of the fact that they trade away their offensive line, or at least half of it uh, in the offseason. But, yeah, um, Herms, how do you feel about this? As a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I feel attacked. I I feel blindsided. I uh, it really really hurts my feelings, but uh, no, it makes a ton of sense. I mean, dear God, they, and also, I just want to quickly throw out the idea that they might go quarterback is completely absurd. So I'm just gonna. I'm, I I think it's important for all of us to throw some water on that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Tevin Jenkins is a very very good pick. Gotcha. Malcolm, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I have Tevin Jenkins as my next best O-line guy on the board. So with Vera Tucker gone, who was who I had mocked here to the Raiders, Jenkins makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, um, I kind of agree with everything that's been said before. I definitely most agree with what Herms was saying. I don't think the Raiders need to move on from Carr at all. Um, he's more than serviceable, if not above average at times. Um, and I don't think that's where they really need to be focusing on at the current moment. Um, so hundred percent. Cool. You are up now with Miami. So what do you got? (sighs) This one's a little bit tough here. Um, I think there are a couple of options. Um, but I feel like Miami would really benefit from getting an edge rusher here. Um, and right now, since Quiddy Pay did not fall or anything like that, oh, Pay is still on the board. Am I wrong? No, he's not. Yes, he is. You're right. Yeah, Pay's on the board. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I was going to say um, Aziz Ojulari, but I think I really like Quiddy Pay here. Um, I did not realize he was still on the board as well. I have him going a little bit earlier than this, but here I think he's a slam dunk um, for the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herm, how do you feel? I mean, when it okay, the the most important thing to highlight here is the idea that it's like, oh well, they have to take you know like Najee Harris with this pick. Of course, they're going to go with a running back. No, they won't. You know, because for a lot of like fantasy football enthusiasts, they seem to forget that there's more than four positions that actually exist. So <laughs> yeah, it's very important that the Dolphins continue to you know build their front. You know, because the secondary is what really carried that defense last year. I think it is, you know, it would behoove them to go ahead and address this position right here. And, like, honestly, like, Edge is a very – there's a very interesting group of these guys here, and I think that they could go a number of different ways with it. I'm not sure if it'll be pay, but I'm not saying – like, I'm not saying it was a – I don't know. Like, it's a – it could have been anybody, but I'm pretty sure it is going to be Edge. So if it is pay, great. If it's someone else, great. But, like, they're definitely going to go Edge, I believe. I, I feel like um, Miami could theoretically even trade back from here or maybe trade up from the 36th overall pick to take an edge. Because I think edge like will, will go at the end and there'll be some good guys there. Like you guys mentioned, Ogilari. Um, I mean, I'm a big fan of Gregor so but Jalen Phillips is very good. People like Owe. So, like, there are guys here who could be taken a little bit later, but I don't disagree with the, the edge pick. I think they will take one. But I wonder if, like, at this point, if we see a guy like maybe Samuel Cosme still out there, um, I think consider taking him. We had... Miami takes Jamar Chase in the first round. So I think there could be someone like that adding to the offensive line. I don't hate the rookies that they have um, or the rookies they had last year on the line, but, you know, we'll see how they feel about that. But anyway, Malcolm, how do you feel? And you're up with the Washington football team. 
Uh, so I have actually uh, Jalen Phillips not changing zip codes there. <laughs> so I agree with the edge pick. It's just I already had pay off the board, so I thought they would go Phillips. But I think if pay is off the board, they're going to pick a Miami edge guy. If pay is on the board, they could take pay. That would be a solid fall to them. I don't think they're going to take running back. Nothing about that team screams to me. A team that's going to use a first-round pick on a running back, given that they used, like, two zero-draft capital guys as their lead running backs last year. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. Plus, <laughs> a guy co- comes from a New England system, like the coach, and they don't really do that either. Though Sony Michelle obviously was taken in the first round. It's just like... It, <sighs> I actually I have no running backs going in this first round in my mock. I think it's a bad idea to use a first round pick on a running back. Um, and so my bias shows a little there, but um, for Washington, I think they're going to strengthen that like world beating defense. And mm. I've actually got them taking uh, Wusu Koromoa from Notre Oh yeah, Day. oh yeah, like it. I like it a lot. Um, do you, do you like to fit there a lot? You think they'll just go there? What's what's the idea behind this one? Um, you know, for me, there's still some O line talent, so I'd maybe take an O line guy because I always believe in strengthening your O line. But yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Boosting that. I mean, that front seven's ridiculous. So just mm-hmm. boosting it a little bit more will be great. Yeah, I, I, I really think like he, the picture. I, I think he is the best linebacker on the board at this point, so it makes sense. Yeah, I think linebacker makes a lot of sense here. I totally get that. Um, I, I think uh, OSA or JOK, I'm going to call him that because I'm bad at names. Um, he's he's definitely a good spot here. I, I know they like want to do safety a little bit stuff, but I think he's a pretty good coverage linebacker. And I think that's where the NFL is going and where he should be. Um, Zach, how do you feel about this? Yeah, I can't see anything wrong with. Uh, Washington deciding they're happy with the weapons they have right now on offense at this point in the draft um, and just going for absolutely trying to make an incredible defense even better. Um, so Owusu Koromo would be a great pick here. Um, I think he's a versatile linebacker and really would help uh, them with some more employing different schemes and things like that. Dope, absolutely. Uh, Herms, you're on the clock and uh, tell me how you feel about JOK. Oh, geez. I mean, so I mean, uh, Mick Lateral and I being uh, DC area natives, I mean, we we see a lot of what goes on with the football team. And I think the one key piece that they really need on defense is that type of linebacker to really bring it all together. If it was a Koromoa ended up being that pick, I would be like running laps around my street because my NFC team of choice is the Washington football team. I happen to like them a lot. I think the line would be interesting there. Um, but I mean, it, it's pretty hard to argue how good of a pick that this is. Um, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. And now with the Chicago Bears, I mean, shoof, dear God, I oh Lord, I have no idea what they're gonna do because I'm mean, like I understand what their needs are, but I also understand that they're probably not going to do the smartest thing in the world. So. If I'm going based off of that assumption, um, I think that they would be a team that could take uh, Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go ahead and say that they do that because it's the Bears. 
So you don't you don't like this. You don't like Tony this high. I don't, but I am picking for the Bears. <laughs> so I have to put okay. myself in the mindset of the Bears. And if I'm them, I'm taking in like look, Kadarius Tony, he's a polarizing prospect. I know there are certain people that feel absolutely great about him, and then there are other people that think he's a human garbage can. I think he's somewhere in the middle. Um perfectly fine i mean i think he popped off at times at, at florida you know i think he's a perfectly good player here he's it's not the receiver that i would take but i think it's the receiver that the bears would take <laughs> so that's about all the level of detail i feel comfortable giving if anybody else has other thoughts <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah zach why don't you why don't you chime in if you got stuff yeah um i'm gonna be absolutely terrified when Kadarius tony goes Somewhere in the mid-late first round, it's going to absolutely scar all of the fans of one particular franchise, and I'm really not looking forward to that. I really hope it doesn't end up being the Jets somehow. Um, it would be a very Bears thing to do, unfortunately. I hate to say that. It feels mean, but it sounds pretty accurate, especially when you have players that I would really enjoy more. Um, even if they wanted to go wide receiver, like Rashad Bateman right there staring at us, um, on the screen, I think the Bears could definitely do better than Kadarius Tony, either by taking a wide receiver or just going a different position entirely. Um, and this would just make me sad, and it sounds pretty likely. Mm. Okay. All right, Malcolm. How are we feeling? So this is the first really tough one, I think, for me. There were some other places where I think I changed my mind maybe a little um, as I was doing my analysis leading into this, and then with Chicago, I so I ultimately mocked Tevin Jenkins here. I think it's the best pick, but A, not on the board here. So that changes things a little. Um, but B, initially I had Rashad Bateman going there. So I think Erms picked the wrong wide receiver but it wouldn't shock me if it take if Chicago takes a wide receiver. I think they need the O-line help more, um, but I think the GM and the head coach know their jobs on the line this year, and so going for an offensive weapon wouldn't be a shock. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. I, I actually, so I have some different opinions. I also, I really like Kadarius Tony. I'm a big fan. He's my fourth wide receiver on my big board. Um, I think he's got a lot of upside, and I really like that. I feel like the Bears here, consider going cornerback and i think i would hope they take a guy like farley i think they really need a replacement uh at cornerback it would be cool to pair two first round picks or i'm sorry it was oh, i don't think the other cornerback was the first round pick jalen johnson i think he was the second but i think it'd be good to have someone either like samuel or farley i would be a big fan of that here wide receiver yeah i can see it's the bears i get it um offensive line too i think is really good i think they'll take a quarterback in a second so i think that's where they do that Possibly, and, but and for the record, uh, Caleb Farley was going to be the pick had I not gone the incompetent route. So <laughs> I mean, like I, yeah, I, I just for 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 the record, it's important to throw that out there again. Like this is a pick where it's not what I think I, they would do, and right. even like like Malcolm said or whatever, it's just like yeah, Herms picked the wrong wide receiver. You're goddamn right, I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so I'm up now with the Indianapolis Colts, and I think they have to absolutely slam an edge player. I don't really know which one it's going to be. I think they absolutely have to slam one. And I think they go Ojolari here. Um, I, I feel like they really, really, really need a pass rusher more than anything else. And he feels like the purest pass rusher in this class. And I absolutely love him. 
Um, but uh, Zach, what do you think about this this one? Um, yeah, I really like this pick. Um, I would have taken him earlier at 18 if uh, Quiddy Pay wasn't on the board, surprisingly. Um, I agree with you. I think he's the most solid and consistent pass rusher in this class, and I think that would really help the Colts out a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Herms, how are we feeling? Yeah, and, and again, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before, you know, with uh, with the pay pick to the Dolphins or whatever. Like, I I really just like the collection of edge players that are in this class, and you could pick, I don't know, damn near any one of them to go to any of these different places, and I think it's a good idea. It's it's a it's a it's a deep group, you know, and I think that there's going to be an opportunity for us to continue to talk about edge players. Uh, I have more opinions on some of these other guys than I do on somebody like an Ojolari, but at the same time, like, yo, dude, 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 <laughs> that Colts defense already so good, but like, uh, <laughs> oh, man, dude, I'm really looking forward to just like, and like, I, I know that's a little touchy for you, Jesse, but I, for <laughs> one, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing this Colts defense continuing to beef itself up as somebody who does not have a vested interest in rooting against them. So yeah, dude, I I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think um if they don't take a edge here, I think the defense might not look very good, honestly. But that's another thing. Um, Malcolm, how do you feel? You're also up with the Titans. I feel that that defense will still be fine, um, even if they don't take an edge. I also think uh, I'd have taken Jalen Phillips as he is higher up on my board than Ojolari, but it's only by one spot, so mm-hmm. it's not like I'm complaining that much. I actually had Ojolari mocked here because I had Phillips off the board. So I ultimately think it's a good pick. I think it's where he will go. And Tennessee, another one like Chicago, where I had to really change what I thought. I had Terrace uh, Marshall Jr. here for the longest time. And just in my research today, I'm like, I think they're going to take Caleb Farley, especially since he's still on the board. Mm-hmm. So okay. that's my pick. It's a... It's a team that needs to be better on defense with a defensive-minded head coach that's had shockingly meh defenses. So it just makes a lot of sense. And I would say at this point, he's probably the best guy on the board. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't love the fact that Farley is supposed to fall because of his injury. Um, I, I think he's just a, a very talented quarterback, and I don't care about that. We look for the long haul. We don't look for like you know that kind of stuff, I think. I, um, I really do... Uh, I'm a big fan of Christian Fulton, so I, I'm i not sure if I'm taking corner here because they signed Jenkins in the offseason. Oh, sorry, I'm on the thing. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure if I do that, but I like Farley here. He's a great talent, and it makes a lot of sense uh, for me personally. Um, Herms, what do you think? I'm absolutely here for it. Uh, I think that receiver is something they have a chance at addressing at this point. Um that might be where I would have gone, but at the same time, it makes a ton of sense. And honestly, I mean, Caleb Farley, incredibly talented dude, because wasn't he the one that initially came in as a wide receiver and then later converted to cornerback? Am I correct on that? I'm not sure. <laughs> Does anyone know? Yeah. No, because I remember hearing about that and like the strength of like uh, the strength of his play is the fact that you know he you know, is able to like mirror a lot of stuff and like, Hey, here's the good news. If I'm wrong, that's perfectly fine. Cause I am more than okay with being wrong about a lot of different things, but either way, dude, good cornerback. I mean, you, you can't really go wrong taking a, an impact cornerback at any point ever. 
Yeah, so, so Farley... Yeah, I'm definitely here for it. Farley was originally intended to be a wide receiver, but because of the knee injury, when he came back, he converted to a cornerback. Aha! <laughs> nice, nice, dude. Um, Zach, you are up, and uh, if you've got thoughts on Farley, let me know. Yeah, um... I wasn't expecting Tennessee to take a cornerback here either. Um, it's interesting that they did. I'm also appreciative because uh, it made my decision a lot easier. Um, I was really split here. I think the Jets need to take a cornerback um, at 23. I don't think the Jets should take a running back. Um, like Malcolm, I think this is still too early for someone like Najee Harris or Travis Etienne. Um, so I was split between Greg Newsom and Caleb Farley. But now that um, Farley is gone. I think Newsom is a lock here for the Jets personally. I'd give some consideration to Edge, but after these two, I think there's a little bit of a teardrop with cornerbacks, and it seems like a more important position for the Jets to lock up right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely does. I'm a big Bryce Hall fan, but uh, I do I, I think they need a quarterback for sure. I would have taken Asante there, but um, I don't know if you I don't I'm I'm not sure I feel about Newsom. But anyway, um, Malcolm, how do you feel about this one? So I had been debating between cornerback and safety when mocking here, and I actually ultimately went safety. I went with Trayvon uh, Murray Woodard out of TCU. But Newsom was my next cornerback on my board. So, you know, I like it. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. We have, right, Herm's up. How do you feel about this one? And you're also up with the Steelers, my dude. Ah, finally, we get to the most important pick in the draft. No, uh, (laughs) as far as, yeah, the Jets go, I mean, like, there is a chance that they, it, eh, 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 that thought wasn't worth saying. Yeah, I like the Greg pick. I think it makes a lot of sense here. Uh, Safety would be interesting, though. I'm definitely, uh, I'm I'm with Malcolm on that one. Um, So as far as the Steelers, uh, geez, this is another situation where I'm going full Natalie Imbruglia and, um, you know, I think it'd be super sick to see uh, Najee Harris come to town. As a purely speaking, as a fan, that's what I'm rooting for. But I don't think that that's going to happen. I really think that they need to address the offensive line more than anything in the world. And at that point, I will be taking. Uh, I gotta find him on here. There we go. Uh, yeah, uh, center out of Alabama, Landon Dickerson. Ooh, okay. To play center? It's possible if they wanted to, <laughs> you know, kick him somewhere else. You know, I, honestly, like, it's just, that's, it's what they need. It's what I believe in my heart of heart they really, really need. Especially, you know, because, like, God, the the line is going to be horrendous because, like, Matt Filer out with the Chargers now, Alejandro Villanueva likely to be on the Ravens and also, like, Pouncey yeah. retiring. Like, this team is nothing without the run game. And as cool as it would be to have, like, a star running back, it, it, you can't do it without the line being any good. And they've punted on addressing that year over year, and they can't continue to do that. They're going to have to rebuild it from the ground up, and I think somebody like a Landon Dickerson is a great place to start from because I had hoped that Tevin Jenkins would be around, but obviously that didn't happen. I'm prepared for that mentally in real life as well, but you know, it's just I'm 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 trying to think long term for my boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Malcolm, how do we feel about Dickerson? Um, it feels like a little bit of a reach. I think I think 
he's the best interior guy left on the board, but with guys like Cosme and um, Leatherwood and Mayfield still available to me, I mean, I'd personally have gone, I'd have gone with a tackle. I was close with Mayfield for the record. So I think they're going to take Mayfield because there's so much damn buzz about them taking Mayfield. <laughs> so that's who I have mocked here, not necessarily because it's who I would take. Um, I think I prefer Cosme, but it seems like Mayfield is who the Steelers are likely to take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Zach, how do you feel? Um... I am really stuck here. I just have no clue what Jacksonville <laughs> would be doing at this point. This oh. is really tough for me. I think they could go uh, anyway here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I think, I think the Jags can go a certain way for, for sure. This is pretty tough too, I think for me here. Um, I think for the Dickerson thing too, I'm, I'm probably, I think I'm on Dalton. Was it Rat- Radnitz or was it, yeah, Radnitz or whatever. I, I like him. Oh, I think they're yeah, also Ravens, causing, yeah. yeah, that guy. Um, I think they could have done something like that, but, yeah, I think it'd be smart for them to take a tackle for, or some kind of lineman for sure. So anything that they can do to improve, I think, is definitely worth it. Now, the Jags here, right, they, Barrymore, Morig, I think they, you know, the drop-off for tight end here between, like, Fryermuth and the rest after Pitts goes kind of makes me feel like they might take him here. And I think that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to take Pat Fryermuth, maybe Baby Gronk out of Penn State. Um, Herms, do you think that's a, a good call? Uh, I do. I think they probably could have done that with the top pick of the second round. But if you yeah. are worried about that being a thing, then by all means, they pick again very soon. So like, screw it, whatever, have yourself a party. You know, like I'm here yeah. for it. Like I think, right. uh, also it, you know, go what we were talking about me being a Steelers fan or whatever. It's like, he reminds me of a like more refined and skilled Heath Miller. You know, like, I think that that's absolutely a very, very good pick. And, uh, yeah, dude, the Jags, if they continue to acquire weapons to just build that offense, on top of what they already have being fairly solid, I mean, like, this could be a very interesting team with a fairly quick, maybe like two or three year turnaround into being something really good if they continue to, you know, acquire these types of dudes and hope that they all, you know, get knocked out of the park and everything is awesome. So, yeah, dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. Malcolm, what do, what do you think? Sound like you want to agree? Uh, I definitely think you made a mistake. Well, I, it, it's a little bit of both. Like, um, you know, who I think they might take here. Who so it is. Are, you, yeah. are you are you afraid Buffalo's going to take him? Because otherwise, I don't so, get why you reached. Yeah, well, I think that it's definitely possible for teams at the end of the first round to trade in. And I think he could be taken there for sure. Because um, the, the gap, I think, is pretty deep. So it's possible for that to happen. Um, I think the Jaguars might be scared of that. And they might they might just take it there. Because I think, you know, Barrymore would be a fine fit. Morgan would be a fine uh, fit. But I don't know how much interior they really need. I think the safety class is kind of deep because they added a lot of guys in the interior. They kept guys like, um, uh, God, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. They signed a two-year deal to, to a few guys or whatever. So I don't know if they take linemen here. But, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? Sorry. I mean, you've got two Miami edge guys ready and willing. I don't, right I don't think they're taking edge. Why would oh, they take an edge? I've, everything I've seen, like, edge, edge is very possible for them. Oh, we so, took Chase on and then and then Josh Allen. It kind of feels. So, I mean, it's possible for sure. Like Jalen Phillips is there. Gregory Russo's there. Like I'd have taken one of them. I have mm-hmm. Russo going to them here. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I I think the tight end in the first round is not the best use of the capital. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah, um, Herbs, what do you think? Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's your party. You know, honestly, because like I said, like, they probably could have gotten Frymuth with that first pick in the second round, but like, if you are concerned about a team trading into the first round, then like, yeah, and also, as was said before, like, Buffalo, I mean, there's a decent chance if they don't go edge, which I personally think they would do. I um, agree. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, it's a measured risk, but at the same time, like, I'm here for it. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, Zach, you're on with the Browns, but also tell me if you uh, like this pick or not. Um, I think Fryermuth is a fine option there. I do agree it's probably a little bit early, and the Jags uh, could likely get them with their next pick. But again, if you're afraid of someone trading up, and we see this all the time, NFL teams are overconfident that they've scouted the right player and they know exactly who's going to hit. Um, and you can see that appear like when they trade up possibly overzealously. Um, so it makes sense from a realism point and also like a fit perspective as well. Uh, for the Browns here, um, I think they go with uh, Jalen Phillips, probably looking to add as an edge, um, looking to continue to shore up that portion of their team and try to make another push in the playoffs after they brought the Chiefs so close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Hermes, what do you think? I mean, because, like, they brought in Clowney. They brought in uh, What's-His-Face, who used to be on the Falcons. Like, I don't know, whatever. Um, oh, McKinley? Tack McKinley? Was that him? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. and, uh, you know, but all that said, like, it is still a need long-term And, oh, my gosh, if somebody like Phillips is there for the Browns. I mean, like, I I hate this from a real-life perspective because I really don't want the Browns to do well. But, you know, we're we're not not speaking from that standpoint. We're talking about just objectively speaking and, like, oh, my Lord, that would be tight, dude. Like, that defense is really starting to come together, especially with what they did to address the secondary and free agency. Like, man, they they could be scary. And I think somebody like a Phillips going there, like, it's only going to make it more terrifying as somebody who – Roots for a rival team in the AFC North. <laughs> so, like, true, oh God. True. Um, I, I think I would have liked linebacker there, and it depends on you know if you think another linebacker should go in the first round. But man, their linebacking core was total trash last year, and I really think they could use that more than anything else on the defense. But I mean, getting edge is almost never bad. I feel like, uh, and Connor can play inside too, so it's not like he needs to be edge all the time. Uh, so I think the full took is fine. He's a very good edge rusher. Um, Malcolm, you're on the clock with the Ravens, and also tell me how you feel about Phillips. So I had Zayvon Collins mocked here, but that's because I thought Phillips would be long gone. Phillips was easily the best on the board, especially for someone that Cleveland needs. I think in my, yeah, I I would say, yeah. So I I think the Phillips pick is the best pick that they could have made there, but I don't think the board will break that way in the actual draft. However, my pick for the Ravens is how I will think it will break. It is, I think it's going to be Rashad Bateman. They're absolutely going to take a wide receiver here. So it really comes down to, do they evaluate wide receiver different than me? Bateman is my wide receiver four in this class. And so it's pretty easy to take him here. I, I had um Terrence, Terrence Marshall go here, but I think Bateman makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, I'm a fan of that. Um, Zach, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I really like Rashad Bateman. Um, I think he profiles like really well across the board. He's good to grade at everything he does. 
um, which has people not sometimes like falling out of love with him, but I don't see what anything wrong with like just consistent excellences with Rashad Bateman. Um, and I think he's the type of player that you could hope would really open up that Ravens passing offense. I know that they're really committed to the run because they're just so ridiculously good at it. But you never know if Rashad Bateman ends up hitting and ends up having a really high impact on that offense, a la A.J. Brown or so many others, that that offense could open up just a little bit um, and then fantasy-wise even support a wide receiver one. Mm-hmm. Harms, how do you feel also of the Saints pick now? Uh, geez, I mean, I probably would have picked Rondale more, but I also think it's one of those things where it's going to be Bateman or more. So I think it's up to preference at that point. So, I mean, like, again, like, I don't even say that as a criticism. I just think that, like, hey, that's what I think. But, like, yeah, dude, Rashad Bateman going there, I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. I mean, they really got to do something to address the wide receiver spot in Baltimore. And I think the Saints are going to do the same thing. Uh, this, the Saints are my uh, are my little boo thing. I mean, I've always had a soft <laughs> spot for the Saints. I, I I got I got a couple Saints jerseys. Uh, you know, like ever since Reggie Bush, man. You know, like this is just a team I really vibe with. And uh, you know, I think yeah, because oh, God, they really could use a linebacker. And I think maybe if they wanted to boost the secondary, they could. But like, dude, we've been seeing a lot of hype around the wide receiver out of Mississippi, Elijah Moore. And dude. Could you imagine that? I mean, like, think about it. Just think about it. I mean, like, dude, I, I'm locking it in. I, I really think that that's, a, that's something that I could definitely see happening. I mean, he profiles very, very well in that offense. I mean, who's the quarterback going to be? I don't even want to have that discussion. But, dude, just, oh, my gosh, dude. Michael Thomas, Elijah Moore, Alvin Kamara. And, like, hey, who knows what we got out of Adam Troutman. But, like, dude. I'm just saying, man, especially because, like, Manny Sanders moving on to Buffalo. I mean, they're going to have to do this eventually. Like, Trey Quan Smith probably ain't it. You know, I mean, Marquez Callaway showed some promise a couple times. But, I mean, you know, if they're really going to, you know, try and bolster this passing attack, like, a guy like Elijah Moore makes all the sense in the world for what the Saints do. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Malcolm, what do you think? Um, so, when I was doing my mock, I was debating between – cornerback and wide receiver and Moore is my favorite of the two Moores so uh he is my next up in my wide receiver ranking so if I was going to pick a wide receiver he's the guy I would have picked however I actually think they're going to take Greg Newsom a second here mm. okay yeah that makes sense I, I could definitely see that cornerback is where I have it going here too yeah for sure but I wide receiver makes sense too Newsom also off the board at this point. So, you know, Moore would have been probably the next. Moore would have probably been the guy at the top of their board. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's probably the right pick. Yeah, I think from what actually happened, it's definitely a good possibility for sure. Uh, Zach, what do you think? I think Elijah Moore would be incredibly fun to watch on the Saints offense. Uh, like Herms was mentioning with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, and then you throw Elijah Moore and maybe even a little Adam Troutman into the mix. With Jameis Winston, with LASIK, throwing to them, it would be absolutely incredible. Um, Elijah Moore is someone that just pops whenever you watch him. He's so quick. He's so fast. Um, He dominated and put up just insane production. He had like a 45% college dominator rating. Uh, He broke out when he was like 19. His top target share was in the mid-30s. Like he's just analytically, he's so solid. And then you watch him play and you're like, 
he's just ridiculously good. I think he'd be a blast to watch in the Saints offense, and I'm sure the Packers will be kicking themselves that he didn't fall one more pick. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I like the pick like I was saying for for sure. Um, I think personally, I had cornerback, but wide receiver makes sense. Linebacker they could also use, but I don't think they'll take one there when they need a cornerback on wide receiver. Now, I feel like um, I don't know which way Green Bay is going to go, either wide receiver or cornerback. I think if I was them, I would be taking. Um, I'd be taking Asante Samuel, and I feel like they're going to go wide receiver this time. I know it's deep, but I feel like if Rondell Moore is here, I think they will take him. So I'm going to do that and go with Rondell Moore. Um, Malcolm, what do you think about that pick? I don't think Green Bay is going to take a wide receiver. Okay. I've, I've learned my mistake from last year. I don't think <laughs> they're going to take a wide receiver. So I actually, I've got him taking Christian Barmore here. I think I think based on their needs, based on what I'm seeing mocked to them, um, you know, Barmore is clearly the best defensive lineman on the board, and I think I think him going here makes a lot of sense. If you wanted to go wide receiver, Moore is probably mm-hmm. my preferred guy. Mm. No, actually, I'd, I'd have probably taken Terrace Marshall Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think but, personally I have it that way, but yeah, I, I feel like they would use more and more, but maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. No, I mean more is currently the consensus pick for 29 for Green Bay. So it oh, makes okay. sense. <laughs> All right, yeah. I got you. Um Hermes, what did you think of this pick? Think they're gonna right their wrongs, go wide receiver, get Aaron Rodgers some weapons? Well, if we learned anything from last year, wouldn't the pick be Ramondre Stevenson? I don't know. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um yeah, no, if <laughs> oh, if gosh. they Yes. Yeah. No, it'd be it, Kyle Trask. Oh, oh right. God. Of course. Yeah. You know, just you know, roll the dice twice. Um, no, if if they, yeah, and I think Aaron Rodgers making some of you know the uh, snarky comments that he made a you know a few weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show is anything to the front office. Uh, <laughs> they're gonna want to help him out a little bit, and I think that Rondell Moore, like in that dude, I absolutely adore that to be honest, because I mean, like. And for a long time, I feel like people have just been like, oh, well, who's going to fill that Randall Cobb role? You know, but like, does the Randall Cobb role still exist? That is the real question. I don't know. But if we assume that it and also, well, and also, it's a little ridiculous to even say that that could possibly exist because it's a completely new regime in there now. But like, I don't know. We're all just playing the nostalgia game. If we are going to play the nostalgia game and we are going to give him wide receiver like that, then the person who would profile the best, in my opinion, like that would be Rondell Moore. So like, dude, I'm here for it. Give me all that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Cool. Um, Zach, you're up with the Bills, and if you've got thoughts on Rondell Moore, yeah, give them to me. I don't really have anything to say that hasn't already been said. <laughs> I agree that Terrace Marshall would be a slightly better pick here, I think. I have him as my wide receiver uh, seven in the draft right now with Rondell Moore going right after him, but I think it's in this grouping of Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, it could go any number of ways. I wouldn't be surprised to see Marshall fall um, a little bit further than Rondell Moore due to the growing concerns about his injuries and things like that. Um, so Rondell Moore seems like a good fit. He would be fun to watch in Green Bay, but I'm not really sure if they will end up taking a wide receiver here either. Um, for the Bills, I don't know what they'll do here. I think there's a lot of temptation to take Najee Harris here. He's ridiculously talented. He's probably the number one running back in this class. I think he's a lot of people have him a little bit above Travis Etienne. But I also think that the Bills 
don't need to invest in running back right now when they already have Josh Allen. And then not that good, but Zach Moss and Devin Singletary exist. So they might be okay with that. I could see them wanting to um, pursue edge or even um, quarterback a little bit. I could see the Bills taking Zavin Collins here if he falls. Um, and I think that I'm going to lock that in as my pick. Zavin Collins, you got it. He's under linebacker. Yeah, yeah, Got it. Um, Hermes, what do you think? I know that uh, no, Malcolm and I have uh, we we got some we got some buddies up in the Buffalo area that would really want them to take Barmore probably, but at the same time, like this is a this is a good move. I also think Edge would be a good move. I mean, like honestly, like it's going to be a defensive player. I mean, I think that that's really what they're clamoring for. So I, I don't think it's a mistake by any means. I think that this is something that they need to continue to build over there, and you know, because I mean, like Josh Allen pretty much has what he needs to work with in my opinion and if they want to continue to do something like if they were to take another running back or something i mean like who knows maybe they could address it later but also you know like singletary and moss both third round picks i mean they've invested a lot of you know decent day two capital into that spot so i mean for as much smoke as there is around that i don't really think there's a fire behind it so yeah i definitely i, I like saving collins i, I really do mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they should go edge here for sure. Get a cornerback a little bit later. I think that'll be fine. But edge, I mean, Barrymore on the board is pretty dope. Him being here, but there are also yeah. other good edge players. You know, like there's still, I think like three guys I have going in the first round. Right? It's uh, yeah, Oway, Russo, Bashan, possibly. Um, so I still like a lot of those guys. But Stephen Collins works as a pass rusher for sure. Um, Malcolm, you've uh, not the Chiefs, God, the Baltimore Ravens, but also tell me how you feel about Stephen Collins. Yeah, so I don't mind Collins. He's still on the board. I had him going before this. Um, but for me, with who's still left on the board, if you're not taking Gregory Rousseau here, I'm sort of questioning it um, for Buffalo. But I have them going with Jason Owe. I think mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of buzz around that being the pick. It makes sense. It fits the need. Um, it's who I think will be best available on the board at that point for that need. Um. But again, you know, Collins, it's not a bad pick. I have no issues with it. Um, I just, I think I think there's better talent on the board that they could have taken there as far as we currently have it. Um, so for the Ravens, I had to think long and hard about this. I had to look at, you know, all the resources available to me, really think about what they're going to do. So I have them taking Creed Humphrey, but... I need to take my full time on the clock before I make that pick, <laughs> given what's currently here. Because I I think with what's currently here, I'm going to take Gregory Rousseau. Oh, God. Okay. You got Rousseau? My bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, 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 that makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, I literally thought I was doing that. But okay. Um, yeah. I, I really like Rousseau a lot. I think he's a little, a little even underrated, which is kind of crazy. He's just... He's crazy big, and he, yeah, I like him a lot. But um, Herms, what do you think? I mean, it certainly stands to reason, especially after losing somebody like a Matt Judon. I mean, like they, they, you know, and the Ravens are always good at identifying that type. And like I know, I know some people said about Rousseau's pro day that it didn't do him a lot of favors. But you know, like we've seen what we need to see. I mean, the dude's a beast. I mean, come on, like. <laughs> oh god i mean like from a real life standpoint the last thing i ever want to see is the ravens get better but you know 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> I got you, I got you. Zach, do you like Rousseau here? Yeah, I'm totally fine with that pick. I also think he would make a lot of sense um, going to the Bills in my previous pick. So having him fall one pick later and going here at 31 to the Ravens makes – or two picks later. No, one pick later. Uh, <laughs> makes a lot of sense here for the Ravens. And like Herm said, I think it would make them even scarier than they already are, um, which will be really interesting to see how that works out after their um, trade with the Chiefs recently. Mm-hmm. I got you. All right, Herbs, you got the last pick in the first round. This feels like a wild card. Who you got here? Oh, dear God. Uh, okay, so what I'm not going to do is what I'm about to say, but I would be very, very amused if the Buccaneers decided to take tum- uh, somebody like a Kellen Mond just to, like, sit behind Tom Brady and see what could happen. I mean, that, that would it's be... so early for that, though. You don't I... need to reach this high. I, I, that's why I said I'm not doing it, but I mean, I, there's, there's enough goofy chatter that I've heard that like, I don't know, maybe they'll try and do, you know, like, eh, yeah, it could be fun. I would, I would get a lot of, uh, I got a lot of chuckles out of that. It could be super cool, but you know, in terms of what I'm actually going to do, uh, I mean, at this point, dude, Christian Barrymore, like, come on, you got, you got to lock that in. All right. Like that's, that's where it's at. So I, you know. I don't feel like I even need to say a whole lot about it. It just makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, does anyone want to comment? Because I feel like it's just perfect for that uh, organization right now. Yeah, I had... To me. I had sorry, Bear, no, you're fine. I had Bearmore going there for the longest time, and I actually went ahead with Joseph Osai, but that's mm-hmm. mostly because I think Bearmore is going to be gone. Mm-hmm. I, I think based on what's on the board, it's the obvious pick. Yeah, for sure, Zach. That makes sense, right? Yep, 100%. All right, cool. So that's the um, end of the draft. I guess I'll read it over real quick so we all got it. Um, We got Trevor Lawrence um, to Jacksonville, Justin Fields to the Jets, Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson, trade up, uh, Atlanta trades back, Broncos trade up for Zach Wilson, Penny Sowell goes next, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Kyle Pitts, um, Mac Jones. We got Patrick Sertain the second. Then here we have Rashawn Slater to the Giants. We've got Jalen Waddell to the Eagles. Darashaw's up next. Vera Tucker is up next. Then we have Atlanta, who's taking um, Micah Parsons here. Then we got J.C. Horn to Arizona. Tevin Jenkins followed up. Pay, J.O.K., Kadarius Tony, Elijah Ojolari. Jeez, man, I'm terrible at these names. Um, Caleb Farley after that. And the Jets are taking Greg Newsom. Um... We have the Steelers taking Landon Dickerson. We have the Jags taking Pat Fryermuth. Then Jalen Phillips goes, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Devin Collins, Gregory Russo, and finally slides down a little far, Christian Barrymore. Um, what do y'all think of the draft? Man, do you think this uh, this will happen? Is there any chance? Um, Malcolm, you can go first. Um, I, you know, I think it's fairly logical. I, the biggest issue for me Okay, so, well, there's a couple things. One, everyone seems to think New England will have to trade up to get a quarterback. Everyone thinks they need a quarterback. Bill Belichick doesn't trade up. (laughs) So there's that. Mm -hmm. Two, we don't really have any trades after New England trading with Atlanta, who had traded with Denver, and mm-hmm. I think past experience is going to show that that's unlikely. 
but I think it's going to be really difficult to mock who would be the candidate. Like nobody, nobody jumped to mind. Like mm -hmm. I don't in my mocks that I've done, I don't really have a suggestion there, but it's just like history has shown us. It's almost a guarantee that someone will. Mm -hmm. So I think that's gotcha. just a thing to bear in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that stuff for sure. Um, Zach, what'd you think? Yeah, I think um, it's a good insight into just how wacky the draft can get with a few random picks changing how everything acts afterward with a little bit of a butterfly effect. Um, I think this domino effect started earlier with me taking Justin Fields at number two. I do think Zach Wilson is the pick there. Um, I think more things are going to change in the real NFL draft this weekend when we see who San Francisco ultimately selects at number three. I hope they select Justin Fields, but I'm not really sure where it's going to go. If Mac Jones does end up being the, fit, the pick, um, I think we could see more active trading up to gather um, the assets to try to get Justin Fields or Trey Lance when they fall a little bit farther than picks two and three. Um, but this was a really nice draft. It was a good time. Um, and I think a lot of teams came away with what they needed. It showcases the depth of this class, at least in top tier talent in the first round, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, I think. Yeah. For sure. If we had, what, 10 straight picks or, or, well, nine picks, I guess, before uh, a cornerback or anyone went off defensively. Um, but yeah, Herms, uh, what do you think of this draft? I think uh, something that what was said earlier about the lack of trades after a certain point. I mean, like, there are always going to be those surprises. But, you know, just the way that this fell specifically, I mean, like, everything kind, kind of seemed to fall into place for a lot of the teams and their needs. So, I mean, like, it's unusual that it ends up like that, but you know, it's, it's how the mock fell and I'm okay with it. And, you know, I think I would say like the one, like the, the biggest issue that I had with the entire thing was something that I did, uh, like just speaking in terms of like what Pittsburgh is going to do. Cause honestly, like I pretty regularly get it wrong. And based off of what I've read about the different people that they have, talk to and like zoom interviews and like all this other stuff i mean like dude there are so many different ways that that pick could go i am going to be so far in the edge of my seat that i will probably fall onto the floor when that happens but uh yeah i don't know and also just like uh there i feel like there's either going to be significantly fewer receivers taken in the first round or way more receivers taken in the first round based off of some of the buzz that's been going around so like I don't know. That's something I could definitely see that we could look out for. But like, I don't know, man, dude, I'm just really looking forward to the draft, man. It's it's like of of the four major sports in America. This is definitely the one that has the biggest theatrics to it. Definitely has like, you know, some of the greater, you know, stakes attached to it. And, you know, like I'm just, I'm here for it. I'm here for the soap opera, man. You know, that's it's, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think you guys said a lot of the comments that I would say is just about the trading and stuff. I think, yeah, that makes sense. We, we got a little um, at the end. Cause I feel like someone's going to trade back into the first. I, I feel like that's going to happen, but maybe not. Um, but yeah, I think that's all I wanted to talk about today. Um, yeah, uh, Zach, why don't you go ahead and plug your stuff first? Remind people where they can find you. Yeah, so again, you can find me on Twitter at ZachyNFL. Um, I like to write a lot of random things or make videos for the lateral. And I hope you check them out and enjoy what I tweet about. So, uh, Herms, you want to go next? 
You can find me on Twitter at HermsNFL. You can find a lot of my work a lot of different places. If you follow me, you'll figure that out. For sure. Malcolm, last but not least. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at, at McLateral. Uh, FF. You can find our work at thelateralff.com or at thelateralff on Twitter. Um, we should have a pretty exciting show coming up for Thursday, which we will let you know about more later in the week. Um, I'm just looking forward to some of the content we're building up off uh, during the off season. So it'll be interesting. But um, oh, I have my weeks mixed up. I do know exactly what exciting show we're going to have on Thursday. It's going to be the laterals. Um, it's going to be the laterals draft special mega hour ish. It's going to have everyone from this episode of the Bacon Games Pod on to talk about the draft as it's happening, reacting to all the craziness. Me losing my complete mind over who San Francisco takes at number three, it's going to be a blast. So make sure to check that out. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, all these guys do great work. Uh, it's super fun having them on. I want to thank you guys for sure for coming on. And uh, yeah. 100%. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.